You are listening to Told by Olay, a Lifestyle Perspective podcast. This is episode 25, Identity and Image. This episode will explore image and identity. To discover where the two meet and how we can navigate through the identity the world has given us, the one we've given ourselves, and the true identity God gives to all of us. Today, I'm joined by Tyro. She was born in Lagos, Nigeria, and raised in Maryland. She graduated from Temple University in 2015 and moved to San Francisco to join the tech industry in 2016. Tyro has lived in six different cities in the U.S. Over the course of three years, she's even managed to travel to 15 different countries and has had the opportunity to interact with thousands of people. In her spare time, she creates digital content and helps businesses thrive. Welcome back to the podcast, everybody. Today, I am joined by a very special guest that it's been a long time coming. I'm going to let her introduce herself because no one can do it better than her. Introduce yourself, Ty, and tell us about a time you went from feeling unseen to seen. Hey, guys. It's Shira Tywell. I'm actually in New York right now. Um, I live in the Bay Area, but I'm here for the week just visiting and getting some things done. A time I went from feeling unseen to seen. Hmm. I guess when I was in college, there was a time where I just remember um, I was applying to internships or something, and I just wasn't getting, like, callbacks. I wasn't getting interviews for my first internship in the field I was studying was public health. And then one day I heard back from the CBC, um, good timing, and they offered me an internship um, to come to Atlanta for a week and then spend the rest of my summer at the University of Michigan. And at that point, I just felt like, okay, all of the those labor that I've been doing, I can finally eat the fruits of it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's the time I felt unseen. But then once I actually saw the reward, mm-hmm. I knew that the labor wasn't in vain and I felt seen. Oh, that's amazing. You really went <laughs> to the CDC for a week. And so they covered your room and board, obviously. What did you do yeah, at the so- day? So the CDC, they do, they have all these internships for undergraduates and studying public health. So when I was, I think a sophomore, I was applying, just like looking for a place to get like hands-on skills. Mm -hmm. And I got into a program called the Future Public Health Leaders. Oh. Um, So yeah, the first week is like orientation. You're at the CDC, you're learning about viruses, like the coronavirus. Yeah. (laughs) And then like how, like what would happen if we have like a, you know, an epidemic and things like that and how yeah. the CDC would treat those kind of things and, like, just how the CDC is structured and mm-hmm. how you can get in if you'd like to go into that field. Yeah. And then you spend the three months, like, wherever your program is. So my program was in Michigan, but then other programs were in, like, um, I think New York. But, yeah, mm-hmm. it, was, it was great. It was just, like, a public health internship. Uh, I had a cohort of people from all across the United States. I think some people from Hawaii and outside wow. the U.S., too. But it was great. It was a, a good time to just learn because I didn't really know much about public health then. It's when I just switched yeah. my major over. Oh, wow. Oh, that's awesome. Isn't God faithful? Yeah. So <laughs> right. today we're looking at um, identity and image, um, as I've said before. And I just want to start off by first, you know, getting your perspective on what image and identity is. So how would you define in your own words, image and identity? I would say for identity, I think the definition can be twofold. Mm-hmm. The first part would be the fact of being like who you are, who you mm-hmm. perceive yourself to be. And then the second part I would say is maybe how people perceive you to be and what um, what people see as your identity. Mm-hmm. Um, and you said image? Yeah. I feel like, Im- I feel like image could kind of just go around, this, around the same lines of like identity. Right. Um, 
Yeah, I feel like they go hand in hand. Yes. So I agree with you. The The one thing that I did recognize when it came to image was that um, it's sometimes image is what people use to define you. And then that becomes your identity. And I say that because mm. we live in this world where people like to tell us who we are based on who they see us. Like if we walk into a room today, they see a black girl. If we, um, if our name is on an attendance sheet, they see a Nigerian girl. I probably can't pronounce this name. So I'm just going to fumble and flop with it and not even try to understand who we are as people. Um, and you know, they, so I also think the world likes to define us based on sometimes they actually have knowledge about who we are. And sometimes it's misconceptions about who they think we are. Um, in short, I think it's culture Agreed. likes to give us an identity. So now like with that understanding, I can't help but wonder like how have, how does that affect us? Um, not just as people, but as women, as black women, as Nigerian ch- um, children, and as children of God, how has that affected you in any way, both positive and negative? Mm-hmm. How is how people yes, see the me? image like, people the give image you people the image pe- the image that people me? see you as versus who you actually are? Okay, so I would say I feel like people sometimes have this perception that just from like social media mm-hmm. or from whatever people say. You know, that's how people, because a lot of people actually, there are many people that don't really know me, but probably have like heard of me through maybe mm-hmm. a podcast or through like my YouTube channel. Right. So I think because of um, the way people like what they see, people automatically like yeah think that I'm one way. Um, <laughs> so for an example, a lot of people think that I'm like always extroverted and I'm always hype and that is <laughs> not my personality at all like that's just not who I am I'm very chill Mm -hmm. and laid back and like my close friends know that um so I think just from what Mm -hmm. people see they perceive that I'm this person I'm sometimes (laughs) extroverted most of the time I'm really chill yeah (laughs) and just like want to be by myself um there was another part to your question can you yeah pretty much just like how do you feel like that um oh man I lost my thought um (laughs) How do you feel like <laughs> this image that people have, this image that people have given you has, you know, either affected you negatively or positively? So, I mean, I think, no, <laughs> sorry to catch you up. I was thinking about it and said, I think, I think it has mm-hmm. held me to a higher standard because there are a lot of like younger women that have come up to me and would say things like, oh, I've, mm-hmm. I've seen you do this. Or like, how did you get here? Or even pe- my peers. And I'm just like, wait a minute now. Like, hold up. You know, yeah. I didn't know that this is the way you, you guys saw me. Um, so I think it holds me to a higher standard, especially when, when it's younger women coming up to me. Like, hey, like, you've done this. How did you get there? Like, that's encouraging. I mean, holding to a higher standard to always remember yeah. to always put my best foot forward, to always be encouraged and to not give up because there are people that you don't even know that are out there looking up to yeah. you or encouraged by definitely. your journey. I mean, I definitely would say that I'm one of the people that has definitely been encouraged by you and your journey and just the things that you've, Aww. you know, shared and, and knowing a little bit of your background just because of my sister, of course, and then 
you know, also being able to have conversations with you <laughs> and like receiving so much knowledge. Disclaimer, that trip to San Francisco that I mentioned episode one was with Tywo and her sister. Putting that out there. <laughs> Um, so yeah, um, I definitely, definitely see how that could, you know, affect you. Cause it's like, hold up. You don't even see yourself that highly. Like I'm just a girl who's living my life, you know? Yeah. Like for real. Uh, so with that, I mean, I also think that this is something, this is something that I've thought about because I actually have like, you, you Taiwo's a twin, like in the Nigerian culture, if your name is Taiwo, you're most likely a twin. So I definitely wanted to ask this question. Um, as a twin, you know, have you ever found yourself being misjudged based on the image the world has put on your sister? Oh, for sure. I remember, so because we're identical twins, people always mm-hmm. expect us to be doing the same thing and have the same yeah. taste or even like be the same people, which is very far from mm-hmm. reality because me and Kenny are very different. Um, so I remember growing up, Kenny was studying finance and I was, I first started off as a biology major at Temple, and people were like, wait, so you guys are studying different <laughs> things? And I'm like, yeah, we're two different people. Um, and then, like, even past, once we graduated and started looking for jobs, Kenny first went into finance, and I'm like, like, she got a job even, I think, before senior year started or really early on in the year. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that comparison comes in where you're someone that's close to you or looks, you know, just like you or similar to you, has something that you don't. So I felt the pressure of like, okay, I need to find a job. I need to find something ASAP. And I didn't find something until like two days before graduation. So I spent the whole year being compared to my sister because she had a a full-time opportunity awaiting her. Meanwhile, (laughs) I was just trying to finish off my capstone, finish off my senior year. (laughs) Like I just had different priorities. And I think at such a young age, I let it um, really get the best of me of – you know, trying to keep up with that, with that, with, I guess the image of, mm-hmm. okay, you need to have it together. You need to have a job as of like right now, because I'm more yeah. in tune with who I am and my identity yeah. and things like that doesn't really get to me anymore. Um, but but definitely at the college stage of my life, being compared to my sister and, you know, having that, um, I guess that image of the person that always yeah. has it together, like she knows where she's going, yeah. definitely hit hard for sure, one hundred percent. I think a lot of us can, right? Like, not even if even if the person isn't our sister, our blood sister, it's just like the comparison thing happens so much, yeah. and we look at our peers who are our age mates, and we think to ourselves like, "Oh, how how is this person doing this? How did you do that? How, how can how come I'm not doing this? How come I don't have these things?" I think it also goes back to what you said about people, you know, coming up to you, girls coming up to you who are just a bit younger than you and, you know, holding you to this super high regard without really knowing the full picture, without really understanding who this person is. And I also think something that's interesting about that is the fact that not only is this person their own person, they're on their own journey. And it's, a lot of times people forget that piece. Like our identity, I think forms as we go through our journey, which actually leads me into my next question, which is, you know, one thing that I know about you is that you've traveled a lot and you've been to many cities and you've lived in, in different States. As I said (laughs) earlier, you're now settled in San Francisco. Um, Tyro is a Bay area chick. 
don't know how she did it, but she did it. <laughs> but <laughs> as you've gone through these journeys, you I want to say you relearned yourself and you discovered new truths about yourself. Um, so the question really is just how do you feel like you've evolved and what impact has that had has that had on your identity today? Okay, I would definitely answer that question, mm-hmm. but you touched on something a little bit earlier about how sometimes we we compare ourselves to our peers and we look at what our you know people around us are doing. And I was just having a conversation with my sister and two other people about how we're, especially with social media, we're just we have that easy access to see what people are doing and seeing how like all the mountains, mm-hmm. all, all of the highs, because that's what people post. And sometimes we're tempted to switch lanes and yeah. be distracted by what people are doing and that, you know, that we, we end up like going to a yeah. field that's not for us. So we're not called to do. Um, but talk, just talking about like switching to evolving. I have definitely, I am not the title. I'm like the title <laughs> of 2019. Okay. <laughs> this 2020 title is different. Um, and I think it's, it just speaks to one. Yes. I've traveled a lot and gotten the time, gotten time to just, meet different people, see the world and understand that like mm-hmm. there's more to life than the United States. I remember when I was younger, the big thing for me was I need to get out of Maryland. There's got to be more to Maryland because I lived in New York and then I moved to Maryland and I was like, there's more. So like when I was applying mm. to colleges, I did not want to stay in state. So I was afforded the opportunity to move to Philly. I was so happy because mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, I can finally see something new. And then since I graduated, I spent like three years just traveling, going to 15 countries and when you get a chance to step out of the U.S., you you just see like you have different perspective. You get to meet different people. You you're just your eyes are open, right? It's not just you know going to work and you know this is the president. It's just so much bigger than that. It's people outside of the U.S. that are living mm-hmm. completely different lives than us. And because I was exposed to that, it's mm. really just softened my heart and opened my eyes. Um, and I've evolved to be this woman that is. I just love learning about mm-hmm. people and learning new things. And I just I have a different perspective on life and what I want to do with it. And it, it I do, um, traveling can take a lot of credit for that because before that, I really didn't know much. I mean, I knew the United States and like, you know, people here and there yeah. and structures of the U.S., but getting out of the U.S. is really what, That's awesome. what has helped me and to be so, the woman that I am today. I mean, it's evolved you've evolved right in terms of who you are today and I mean also how has that evolution impacted your relationships Mm, that's a good question because yeah evolving is like it's a gradual thing it just happens over time it's not like you know one day next day boom you're a new person so over time I've seen how because I've lived in so many different places I have to be more intentional about friendships right all of my relationships so like, I remember, like, just, like, in the past, I wouldn't even, I would just use social media to, like, see how people, like, where people were, because it's that mm. lazy way of keeping in touch with people, like a picture, comment, like, oh, right. yeah, I know what they're doing, they know how I'm doing. But last year, I made it a priority to call my friends, either FaceTime, WhatsApp, whatever it is, mm-hmm. call, call my friends on the regular to talk to them, like, see how they're doing for real, not just what's posted online. And because, you know, I'm just not around. All, majority of my friends are on the East Coast. I'm, I'm on the East Coast like maybe twice, once or twice a year. And um, sometimes you lose friendships because, you know, you're not making the effort. They're not making the yeah. effort and it kind of just dies down. 
Um, but yeah, last year I really did make it just like a priority to be in touch with people, like yeah. for real, not just social media. And because I care about friendships and I care about, you know, like my tribe, yeah. because that's what really matters. You know, you can travel across the country, you can, you know, take these pictures mm-hmm. and have the best jobs ever. But if you don't have real people like praying for you and doing life yeah, with you, definitely. Like, what's the and point of it all? How do you feel like, do you feel like your tribe and your people have supported this evolution? I mean, you're still evolving, so. For sure. I think um, my tribe are, mm-hmm. like, the, my really, really close friends. Like, they're <laughs> going to be my bridesmaids. People I talk to pretty much all the time. I, I'm praying for them on a regular. Um, they've definitely supported my, the evolution of Tyro. Um, <laughs> they have no choice. <laughs> um, but, yeah, they've really, like, poured into me in different ways, whether it's just, like, positive speech or giving me encouragement when I'm down or right. even, like, helping a girl out when I need something. So they've def- definitely supported me in different ways to, to like, to, mm-hmm. um, in their capacity. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful to just have, like, a group of people or even individual people I can just reach out to whenever. Yeah, definitely. Whenever I, I think that's talk. so important, especially, you know, like, we, we, we can't stop talking about it. I think it's just, that's just what it is right now with social media just being so much at the forefront of our society and the world that we live in. And I think it's important to have a core group of people that you can turn to and know that you have real relationships. Because I think oftentimes people think they have relationships with people because they're on social media. And in actuality, it's like yesterday you didn't know (laughs) that I I didn't have time to eat dinner. So do you really know me? Like, you know, like you didn't know that I couldn't afford this train ride or whatever the case may be. And it's like, is this really a relationship? Do you really know who I am? Like, if you turn around yeah. tomorrow, what will you say about me? Um. Yeah, I think it's so easy these days to just assume that we know how people are doing without, you know, mm-hmm. putting effort into the relationship. And that's unfortunate because doing life with people means, like, yeah. actually doing life with them, right? You signed up to get that call at 10 p.m. when I'm not feeling well um, or, you know, that late 3 a.m. call when something is bothering me. Like, doing life is more than just, okay, she looks happy on social media or, yeah, she's fine. We talked a month ago. So, yeah, like, there's, definitely. There's just more to it. And so in your experience, um, so not only do our quote-unquote friends or our actual friends and family you know, not only do they have this perception of who we are based off of our social media accounts, I also realized that we're in a time where our jobs or potential jobs are actually looking at our social media accounts and making um, preconceived notions about who we are and also probably using that as fuel to determine whether or not they'll hire us or not. What do you think about that? And what do you think about how do you feel like our online identity um, defines us in business and work? Mm, that's an interesting question. I feel like maybe a few mm-hmm. years ago, it was a big deal, like what we were posting and um, like who, what our online like profile looked like might have mattered more then. I feel like these days, it's not as important to like, 
the job process or like, cause, okay. So I have a friend who posts since she got a new job, she's posted a lot on, um, what's that green thing <laughs> on Instagram? Close friends. <laughs> so I don't, I don't, I just post everything cause I don't, anyway, right. I don't want to mess up and post the wrong thing on close friends, you know? <laughs> so, um, she, I noticed she started using uh, close friends a lot more. And I think for her, it's like, okay, a lot of my colleagues are following me. I don't want them to, you know, see what I'm doing. You know, maybe I lied about where I'm going tonight or I don't want them to know how I really feel about my job. So I really like, I just don't, I don't be following <laughs> people I work with. Like, <laughs> to be honest, like, um, sometimes I do, like if we develop a relationship, but if, if I feel like, okay, we have a relationship we can take off, right. you know, take off, take out of the office, then you can see me how I am at all times. I don't need to, mm-hmm. you know, post for a select group of people, but, um, I kind of want to flip that question because I think a lot of people also yes. like, base your identity off of what you do. Like I live in the Bay area where, the first thing mm. people ask is, where do you work? Right? Because majority of people um, here are, you know, in the, the tech scene in Silicon Valley. It's like, oh, do you work for wow. Google, Uber, Lyft, LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram? Like, like Airbnb, wow. are you cool enough for me to talk to you kind of thing? Which is very unfortunate because it's not like everybody, but I think folks mm-hmm. would just take pride in where they work which is great like you work at a good yeah. company but don't make it your identity because for a long time like I would make my like wherever I was my identity and you know God had to check me real quick to remind me like <laughs> yeah that like get your eyes on a prize like it's not about what you do I've called you here to hmm. for, for more than that that's that's good that's really good it's really good <laughs> yes too many people yeah. are having identity crisis because of where they work or like because they don't have a job and it's like yeah like literally and then there's life. people who who do go to work every day and that's it that's their end-all be-all and it yeah. ends it stops there like there's nothing else for them i i i want to ask you like what do you what can you say to someone who is defined by their job and someone who can't seem to find what defines them. Hmm. So for the person that's defined by their job, just remember that if you leave tomorrow, your job will be filled within the next few weeks. Let me snap for that. (laughs) Like don't, (laughs) don't like, you know how people always Mm -hmm. say like these companies ain't loyal. Like, sis, the show will go on because at yeah. the end of the day, the role must be filled. If, if there's an open role, as soon as you leave, like, they have a certain amount of time to fill that position because every time someone isn't in that seat, you know, that, like, they're losing mm-hmm. money at the company. So just know that the company will go on, the show will go on. So don't make your decisions based on, like, you know, this is my life. Mm-hmm. Like, my job is my life. It really isn't. <laughs> And you said there's another group of people. Who is can't it the people seem to define that themselves. don't have? Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's, I think, you know, like crises are real. And we all go through seasons and stages where we were struggling with like identity or struggling with trying to just like define mm-hmm. who we are or, or what we do. And I've gone through some of those stages too. And I think what's helped me out is remembering that like God has put mm-hmm. me on this earth for a purpose. And like, I want to, I want to walk in his perfect will. So my continual prayer is like, God, I want to work in your perfect will because 
there's and I'm, I take mm-hmm. classes because I'm in a program at church. It's a consecration program. And one thing we were learning about is like God's perfect will versus his mm. um, permissible will. Like, you know, God will let you do something. He's going to be with you. But there's just a, there's that difference when you're working his perfect will. It's just so much different from his permissible will. So I know like my, my prayer is just like, God, when I'm struggling to figure out like, what I need to do or how to define myself. One, you've called me to be who I am. And two, like help me to walk in your perfect world. I don't want, if God, if you're not in it, I don't want any parts of it. So I, those prayers like keep me grounded. And even days where I'm just like, man, I don't right. know what to do. Like, who am I today? Um, I just, I just like yeah. hang on to those. Like, I think the that's word of the God. only thing that can help us get through this life, honestly. Because every day is a, is a struggle. Every day. Yeah. Some days you wake up and you're like, what am I even doing? Yep. Why am I doing this? Like, what is happening in my life right now? <laughs> and right. at one point, that was actually something you wanted to do. So that's, that's right. the key, I think, is really to just always ask for his perfect will. That's a good prayer. I'm going to be praying that prayer point. I need that prayer point for real. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> um. Um, not to get off track, I def I had, so I have this like three part question. So <laughs> now that we've talked about <laughs> identity, image, social media, the impact, what the world says about us, who we say we are, right? The first part of this question mm-hmm. is if you had to ask one of your closest relationships and one of your farthest relationships, who do people say you are? What do you think they'd say? Mm, I think for the people that know me, if they, if, I wish I, if someone was to ask them, mm-hmm. like, who is Tyro? Hmm, should I do a sentence of <laughs> word? Let me see. I think words to describe me, they I think they would say that I am grounded. Yes. Um, I'm a I'm about my business, but I'm also about mm-hmm. God's business. Um, because mm-hmm. without him I'm completely inadequate. So people that know me know that I'm I'm grounded in my word, especially this year. Um, and, and ending of last year, and I've been working mm-hmm. on just being obedient to the God, to the Word of God and His voice. Um, I'm also a creative person. I recently tapped into my creative, like the creative side of me. For a long time, I was just like say things mm-hmm. and think things, but never put it into action. But because I'm about my business, I've been utilizing mm-hmm. my creative skills more effectively. Um, so creative about my business, about the word of God and God's business. That's what close people would say about me. But also that like I enjoy my like the time that I have by myself just as much as I enjoy the time I spend with other people. <laughs> Maybe even a little bit more. I really um, respect that time because a lot of my time is spent talking to people, right? Walking. Every time I step out the house, I'm interacting with people. So the chance that I get to kind of just mm-hmm. relax and not have to do that is meaningful and good times I like to mm-hmm. just um, harbor. So I think people that are further away from me, I think they might say, I don't even know, what would they say? Um, I think people that don't know me or farther away from me would probably just say that I'm mm-hmm. someone that travels a lot and that I am I like to shop, <laughs> which I don't actually. I like to put clothes together, but I do not like shopping. Um, probably that I like to shop and that, you know, mm. I have a good sense of fashion. I think pe- I think the difference here that I'm trying to line is that 
people that are further away from me will only say the surface mm-hmm. level things. Like, you know, like traveling, fashion, tech. Yeah. I'm a twin. But people that are close yeah. to me will know my character. They'll know my qualities. They'll know what I enjoy most, what mm-hmm. I struggle with, my weaknesses. Because I'm yeah. very open with people that I'm close with. So I think that's the, that's the biggest difference. Close to me, you know me for real, for real. But further away from me, you'll see, yes. you only know the things that I put out there. Now, the next part. Who do you think okay. God would say you are? Ooh, I am a child. You better sing, girl. <laughs> um, God has called, like, you want me to get into the word here, sis? Because God has called me to be a priesthood. He has called, like, we're a priest out here, yes. okay? We are disciples. Um, he has called me to mm-hmm. lift people up for sure, just through my testimonies, through encouraging words, and through just comforting so God has definitely called me to to be out here lifting people up mm-hmm. because so many people are down. Like, it's just so crazy. Every day, like, yeah. people just going through it, right? You know, the quote about people fighting yeah. battles that we know nothing about. They'll go online and smile, but people are really going through it. So I think God has definitely called me to lift people up. And he's prepared me to do that through just making sure that I know, um, I know mm-hmm. his words so that I can use that to lift people up. Um, but like everyone says, and like the word says, you know, he's, he's, he calls me beautiful. He's, yeah. you know, I'm wonderfully made and all of those good things. But I think the action and the important part is to to just be the vessel of God. Like whatever he wants to speak through people, he will use me as that vessel Amen. to get it out. Yes. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now, do you think that in all of these relationships, that who they say you are should be the same? Not the exact, but similar in meaning. I think so. I that's an interesting question because I think they should be aligned in that they should all like meet up. If you know, if there's three different people, there's three points. Those three points, if I draw yeah. a line, it should all connect in some way, right? So I think they should be aligned, but I don't think they're going to be exactly the same because at the end of the day, people are always going to perceive you based on mm-hmm. who they are. Right. There's that quote about something about people see you. People don't see yes. things the way they are. They see it the way they are or something like that. Like half glass half full versus half empty. So because of like preconceived notions and just who people are, they're mm-hmm. always going to have a different perception. No matter what you do to, you know, put your best foot forward and try to be the same person. People you know, like if someone has envy in their heart, they will see you through the lens of envy. If someone is loving, kind, they'll see you through yeah. those eyes exactly. no matter what you do. Thank you for sharing that. That So that was what I was trying to connect there. All that to say that I think as long as we're living in our truth and in our true identity and we're showing our true image, that regardless of the relationship that's close, the relationship that's far, and the relationship with God, it always the truth about your identity will always come to the top. It will always, it will always be the truth, and yeah. no one can change that, regardless of what society says, regardless of what culture says, because we don't get our identity from culture; we get it from Him, God. Yes, exactly. Come on, come on. I got one Teach last that. question before Teach we that. come to our last final questions. Um, okay. okay, so Thank the you. last question before we close out and go to affirmations and a lifestyle perspective. How can we as children of God and those of us trying to make our way back to him 
navigate through who people say we are, who we actually are, and who he says we are. I think the key there is being rooted in the word because it's so easy to fall to the opinions of what, like, people that don't know you, like, their opinions of who you are or what society tells you you should be or even what your parents and your friends um, Mm -hmm. say that you should be. But if you're rooted in the word, like the word of God literally is, is true, is never changing, and it tells us who we are. It says that we are children of God, right? And even it gives us um, like the basis of, okay, if, you go, if you're a child of God, these are the fruits of, um, of that relationship. Like this is what it'll look like, right? If you're a child of God, the word says that they'll know us by mm-hmm. what? The way we love, right? So I think if you're struggling with, I don't know who I am, or today my identity is in my job or what people say that I am take a step back and go back to the word because it literally tells us there like who we are mm-hmm. right we're made in God's image right we reflect who he is so we love people we're kind people um mm-hmm. we forgive people um we're, yeah. we're welcoming right we're not people that hold on to like mm-hmm. malice or we don't have a loose tongue where we're just saying anything we don't treat people um like, we don't treat people yeah. like things, right? We don't just let people go yeah. easily, right? We think about other people in action. So, like, the word clearly states it out. No matter what version you're reading, it, it states it out. Like, mm-hmm. this is who you are. Um, so, yeah, just being rooted in the word. Just go back to the word. And if you need some help, you know, I'm down yeah. for a little Bible study. Hello, y'all heard it here. Powell, t- t- they're going to come. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always down for some studying the word with some people, okay? <laughs> so actually, since you said that, before we go to affirmations, <laughs> I have this verse that I've been like mm, meditating on w- based on this specific topic. Um, it's Romans nine twenty one. Um, Does not the potter mm-hmm. have the right to make out of the same lump of clay some pot- pottery for special purposes and some for common use? Mm-hmm. What do you make of that? Mm. Romans what twelve one nine twenty okay okay I'm gonna read in a different yeah version. actually I'm gonna get a different read in another um, version. that was NIV yeah put put that join in like uh, message or passions those versions always just there's just more modern I'll be like <laughs> okay Romans nine twenty one okay Romans nine twenty one okay who in the world do you think you are to second-guess God. Do you for one moment suppose any of us know enough to call God into question? Clay doesn't talk mm-hmm. back to the fingers that mm-hmm. mold it. Okay. Saying, where did you shape, why did you shape me like this? Isn't it obvious that a potter has a perfect right to shape one lump of clay into the vase for holding flowers and another into the pot for cooking beans? Woo! Right? This one is good. <laughs> wow. 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 Um... So you said that you've been you've been meditating on this mm-hmm. on Romans nine twenty one, right? Why have you been meditating on this? Yeah, so don't just mind me because asking. you know, just thinking. Of, first of all, I had to un- come to understand what this idea of a potter was, right? And like, and us mm-hmm. being considered clay, we like the clay. We're we're the clay, and that first verse is just yeah. saying like does does the clay talk back to the molder? Like, that was like, whoa. And for me, I had to, when I was meditating Mm -hmm. on it, I was just like, every time I question who God says I am, 
every time I second guess what he's mm-hmm. told me that I'm supposed to do, what he's told me I've been called to do, what does that say to him? What does that mean to him? How does that mm. interrupt mm. the pottery session? Mm. The, the reason I ask is because I was actually also meditating on Romans. Oh, wow. Week, Romans 9. And <laughs> that's why I asked you. And the, what's the God to me in this verse, like the God thought here is mm. purpose, right? In the mm-hmm. NIV version that you read. And one thing I know about purpose, so three things I know about purpose is that God Mm -hmm. has a purpose for everyone. God's purpose will stand at all times, and God fulfills his purpose, right? So I remember reading Romans 9-1 earlier this week, and um, it was Apostle Paul was reflecting on Israel's past, and he was reminding us of the story Mm -hmm. of Rebecca, right? Quick, quick little plug. So I'm not going to go into it, but she was barren for like 20 years, but she had also the prophetic dream from her husband Isaac Mm -hmm. saying she will give birth. So God showed Isaac that he had a purpose for um, both him and his wife. So even though they couldn't have kids for that long, that she would at some mm. point give birth, right? So in that verse 21, we're saying that does not the potter have the right to make blah, blah, blah. Okay, not blah, blah, blah. But <laughs> does not the potter have the right to make whatever it is, whatever it is. What it's saying is that does God not have the right to yeah. do whatever he wants for the purpose that he has for your life? No matter what it is, whether it's to make some clay or make a pot with that clay or make a a cup or a vase, right? And like the MSG version says, um, it says, isn't it obvious that a pot has a perfect right to shape one lump of clay into a vase, right? So God can make you into a vase. But then it goes on and says for holding flowers, right? So he's even made you into something Mm -hmm. that can hold people up or hold things, right? And another into a pot, right? Into for, into a pot for cooking beans. Like he has a purpose for whatever it is that he's yeah. molding you into, and like we gotta respect yeah. that sovereignty of God and respect that He knows what He's doing. Like, and He knows the beginning and the end of our lives. He's known us before we were in our mother's wombs, and because of that, He has the right to do whatever He wants because He yeah. is a potter. So that's what I'm getting out of that verse. That's good. I'm just like, I was just. <laughs> I'm just like, yeah. Ooh, that's good. That is good. Yeah, and I think one thing that I can like that I'm even thinking about right now is so when I was meditating on Romans nine and like the Rebecca mm-hmm. story, it was 25, and I was just like reading it because in Romans eleven he's talking about the story in Genesis of Rebecca like getting pregnant and all that, and I remember like in Genesis 25, it would say that when she was actually pregnant, there was kicking and tumbling in her stomach, right? So she went to ask God, like, God, if there's kicking and tumbling in my stomach, like, why is it this way? Like, why even go on living if it's going to be this painful, right? So it even goes back to that verse you're reading where it says, does God not have the right to do whatever he wants with you, pretty much, in Tyro version, right? Does he not have the right? So even going back to like Rebecca's asking questioning god like if it's this way why even go on living yeah. right she's fed up she's in pain like sis she's like i wanted a wow. child but god i know it's gonna be this painful it's another yeah. reason to go back to his purpose 
to remember that he has a purpose for us, even in the pain, even in the struggle. He told you you're going to have kids and now you're pregnant and it's painful. He told you you're going to have this job and now you don't mm. like your boss or you don't like working with your team or your yep. job is too hard. It really is. And I, I just have to go to the Genesis 25 and I do want to add to to what you said because a lot of us like will hear stuff like that and I think it's important whenever we're reading the Bible and somebody drops a verse, context is so important. Context. Go to the text mm-hmm. and read the whole mm-hmm. book, read the whole chapter because now I'm in the whole chapter and what I'm seeing is yeah. that Rebecca, she had twins and you see, yeah. Yeah. So God can was fighting in it. more than what we <laughs> asked for and we just have to allow him to do that, to have his way. We just had a Bible session, y'all. Uh, a Bible study session. For real. You, okay. We're doing it because, all. Because, Jesus like you here, said, okay? we really cannot do this by ourselves. And <laughs> we can't come to a place of understanding or acceptance of anything on our own. And that's that's really that's really why I had to just, you know, drop that in there. Once we, you know... When we have Bible scholars amongst Thank us, you, sis. God says to tap into their anointing. <laughs> okay? <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. Okay. No, thank you so much, Kai, for sharing that and helping us. Di- I hope everyone who's listening was able to, you know, digest that information and marinate on it a little bit. And hopefully you open your Bible. You can read it in different versions. We read it in NIV and The Message. Um, so that's it. But before we wrap up, of course, you guys know what we do on Told by Olay. We need one affirmation for the people. And just tell us what a lifestyle perspective means to you. One affirmation from everything we talked about. Honestly, mm-hmm. I know we talked a lot, a lot about identity. So I think what I want to leave you guys with, just words to remember, is that um, like God has a purpose for everyone. God's purpose will stand mm-hmm. through everything. And perspective I would say that is the way that like the lens in which you view your life or even life in general um and then walking it out based on that perspective so how you live in your life what do you decide to do what do you choose not to do thank you for doing this and joining me I've <laughs> been you. a long time coming you just heard Told by Olay, a Lifestyle Perspective podcast, episode 25 with Tywo. Wasn't that amazing? Wasn't she amazing? She dropped so many gems. She even had a mini Bible study session with us. I think you definitely might want to follow her. She has amazing content. So get on Instagram right now and follow her at tywo.day. And be sure to follow her and her sister on YouTube and Instagram at Chronicles of TK. Trust me, there's some content there that you definitely want to be a part of. So now that we've explored image and identity, you can see how it can be a bit tricky. Often it may seem like there's no difference. And if I'm being honest, I think there shouldn't be a difference between our image and our identity. But from what life has shown me, there is always a bit of a struggle between the two. And the reason being is because image is a visual representation of who we wanna be and who the world believes we are. So as we go through life, our identity is constantly trying to catch up with image. And now for some of us, these images don't speak true to who we are or who God wants us to be. And for some of us, it does. But for those of us who doesn't, this can stir up something called crisis. Identity crisis, that is. Understanding this parallel should help us recognize how important it is for us to understand who we really are and who God made us to be. 
It would be a shame for you to spend all this time, spend so much of your life desiring things that don't belong to you, desiring things that are not for you, chasing a dream that was never yours to have. I know it may sound harsh. It may even sting a little bit to realize that maybe these images that you've been chasing after, these dreams that you've been chasing after are not for you. But the truth is, sometimes what we want for ourselves is not what we need, nor is it what God wants for us. Please know that this episode is not meant to crush your spirit. It's meant to simply encourage you, just like every other episode. Sometimes we have to get real with ourselves and check in with ourselves. And I think especially being in a time where we are in a pandemic, a moment where everything seems to have been halted, I think we should use this time to be reflective. We should use this time to make sure that we come out on the other side of this better than we were yesterday, more aligned and clear about who he says we are, about what he actually wants us to accomplish in this short life that we have yet so long. So I want to encourage you to check in with yourself and with God and be sure that you know who he says you are. Be sure you know who you are and be sure that you're praying, that you're living your life in his image and his likeness. As our good sister Taiwo has shared with us early on in this episode, we need to pray to be in his perfect will. There's nothing better than being in God's perfect will. Trust me, there is absolutely nothing better than him. So some verses that I want to leave you off with so that you can meditate on and focus on and help you put your image and your identity into perspective. Genesis 25 1 Peter 2, 9, and Romans 9, and maybe even the whole book of Romans. That's all I have for today, folks. Thanks for tuning in, and I hope this episode has blessed you tremendously. Be sure to come back next week, and be sure to stay encouraged, because this is not where it ends. This is where we get started. Thank you for tuning in to Told by Ole, a lifestyle perspective podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and check out previous episodes and share it with family, friends, colleagues, and anyone you think would also enjoy. Visit toadbyolay.com for more information about the podcast. And be sure to follow on Instagram at toadbyolay for updates and motivational content.